Hey mamas, it's time to rise and grind. It's me, Brittany, and I'm back with Christian Mom Uncensored, the podcast where I dive into all the real, raw, unfiltered mommy struggles and all the things from marriage to raising babies to making decisions to leaps of faith to trials and tribulations, you know it all. Thanks so much for stopping by this Thursday. Welcome to Christian Mom Uncensored. Good morning, mamas. So it is early in the morning, and um, which is usually when I record, and I'm sipping some coffee with sugar-free creamer, and it's really great to have coffee with cream again. I was just doing like black for a long time because of gestational, and it's like the little things that make you happy. But I wanted to hop on to talk a little bit about um, some of the things I've been struggling with and just to share some more of my story and then, you know, to kind of dive into some of this stuff. So let's, let's do it, y'all. So as you guys know, 2020 has been a mess, literally a mess. If you just look at the news from last week with the president catching COVID and Chrissy Teigen's loss, it has been a mess and for me as a very pregnant woman who's highly emotional and is an empath and is intuitive um I just have to shut it off because I'm trying to have a baby and it's been really hard not to get negative and I want to talk a little bit about that struggle for me and how hard it can be to stay positive. I was talking to a friend maybe like a while ago and she was like, you're always so encouraging and full of faith. Like I want to be, have faith like you, um, you know, considering everything that's happened this year. And, um, and I was like, well, it's not always easy, but I just remember all the good that's come and how far I've come and it helps you know, um, that doesn't mean that there are not days where I'm sitting on my bathroom floor crying. Um, there's been a lot of days like that, but just like looking back at some of the hardest parts of my life, um, and looking towards the future and seeing some really bright parts and even the present with some really bright parts, it's, um, not easy, but it's, easier for me to look inside. Things will get better. Things, things are going to be okay. But I have to tell you guys, it's been a hard three weeks. And, um, let me tell you guys, it's not easy. Since being diagnosed with gestation diabetes, I had like an up and down kind of emotions. You, As a mom, whenever something is wrong with you or your baby, you feel like it's your fault. And I was really feeling like, um, this is my fault. Like, I ate too much. I gave in to too many cravings. I, um, didn't exercise enough. But even before I was diagnosed, I was walking every single day. And, um, walking up and down bleachers and things like that because I want an, like a, as easy as possible childbirth. So I have been pretty active for most of my pregnancy. 
Um, and like last pregnancy, I was not as active. There were a couple of things that kept me active. Um, I did go to like Zumba twice a week and, but I was driving two hours a day and sitting at a desk all day. So my activity level with this pregnancy is like much higher. And then I was thinking like, was I just too fat when I got pregnant? And a lot of practitioners, every doctor was like, did you gain a ton of weight? And I was like, looking at pictures of myself, like before I was, I got pregnant and I will say like, I wasn't, when I got pregnant with our baby this time, sure I wasn't at like, um, well actually I was at my pre-pregnancy weight. Um, when I got pregnant with our baby number two, however, it wasn't, it isn't the way I want to be at. And it's not like high or anything. It's not like, um, um, it's not like I'm somebody who I would say like struggles really hard with weight. I would say I'm not like a stick thin person. I'm like kind of average. Like I'm, I'm a small framed person. Like I'm 411. I'm not really wide, but anyway. So this baby sticks straight out. He's all belly and I'm thankful um for that because I'm not as blown up as I was last time, but I'm just kind of a little bit worried about what is that going to do to my stomach after he comes out? And I hadn't thought about it till yesterday at the doctor's. So let me get into what's been going on in my life. And <sighs> I'm sure you guys can relate when you just have stressors on stressors on stressors. And 2020 has felt like a stressor on stressor on stressor. Like there is no let up on the hard stuff. And um, I remember last year, 2019, being really happy to leave 2019 behind me. Um, I felt like it was a hard year for me. And uh, if these last couple episodes I've been out of breath, guys, it's because I have a giant baby sitting on my lap, literally. He's, like, on my legs. Um, But uh, 2020 is different in a way where I feel like um, I overcome one hurdle and I'm hit with another hurdle. It's never a break or a period of, like, celebration. So getting diagnosed with gestational diabetes, definitely like blame myself. Um, and I reached out to a mom friend and the first thing she told me was like, this is not your fault. And I was just sobbing because I was like, I felt like I did something wrong. Um, and to be honest, I barely failed the glucose test. It was like five points. And... Um, it was definitely during the hour where I was trying really hard not to throw up. And I was like, I was stressed out. Like, if I could do this, I'm not doing this glucose test again but um, until after birth. But I, I was like, I barely failed. I don't think I'm in serious danger. But um, it really has changed my life, <sighs> my day-to-day life, because it's... Um, counting carbs and making sure you're eating enough protein, but, uh, you don't want to have like too much protein and making sure your numbers are good and checking that. And at first I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to to prick my finger four times a day. That seems daunting, but I got through it and I was like, okay, it's not that bad. Um, and then just this week, 
which I saw coming. Um, I was put on insulin at night. Now it's really low dose. It's like 10 units of insulin. People get much higher doses and people get lower doses. And now I'm injecting myself with a shot every night. And, um, because of gestational and because I'm very pregnant guys, I'm two weeks away from my due date. Um, so I'm really not going to have to do this much longer, but, uh, because it is gestational, they want you to go to the hospital and get monitored twice a week. On top of that, I am at the end of my pregnancy, which means you go to the doctors once a week. And I'm also working a full-time job, eight hours a day. I have a toddler. <laughs> my husband just started a new job, so he's still kind of in training. Um, not for much longer, but he is in training and he's working. And so the way my day looks like, and I'm sure it's like this for parents who have kids who are um, like school-aged and virtual learning and you're working from home as well, is like, I get up, I have to test my sugar. I have to make me and me breakfast by seven and also make me a breakfast for whenever she wakes up and work. Working, 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 working. Now Mia's awake. Great. Do you want to have breakfast yet? No. Okay. Um, how about we watch some PBS? Great. I'm trying to do some cases. Mommy, I want a bottle. Mommy, I want a snack. Okay, let's have breakfast. Stop to give her breakfast. Oh, it's been an hour. Let me check my sugar. Stop and check sugar. If it's high, I'm supposed to go for a walk and drink more water, but I'm supposed to be sitting and doing all of this work. Then it's mommy, let's play. Mommy, let's play. Mommy, let's play. And I'm like trying to work. And now it's like, oh, if I have a doctor's appointment because of COVID, like honestly, I have no problem packing Mia up, throwing her in the car, and taking her to go with me. But because of COVID, she can't go to doctor's appointments with me because the doctor's appointments aren't... Okay, the ones at the hospital are, are actually kind of long. The ones at my doctor's office aren't that long. The longest part is waiting. You go in at this point, they listen to the baby's heartbeat, ask me some questions, and I walk out. So my days just feel like I don't have enough time. And then on top of that, um, meal prep is harder, but more crucial for me. So before having gestational, I would kind of, I would definitely like lay out what we're having this week for dinner. We're going to have spaghetti one night. I'm going to make salmon one night. We're going to make tacos another night. We're going to eat out on Friday night. We're going to like... I'm going to make this, uh, this like baked chicken dish that Mia really likes. And it, it was easy, right? Because I wasn't having to count carbs. Now it's like, okay, if I'm going to make spaghetti, that means I need to make zoodles, um, zucchini noodles for me. But zucchini noodles are really low carbs and I need like 40, five carbs. So I need to figure out like where are these extra carbs coming from? And if I don't meal prep on like Saturday or Sunday, the week gets very hard because basically with gestational diabetes, you're waking up, testing your blood sugar, eating breakfast, then you're having a morning snack, then you're having lunch, testing your blood sugar an hour later, then you're having an afternoon snack, dinner, testing your blood sugar an hour later, and then you have an evening snack and insulin, if you have insulin. So that's a lot of meals to 
plan um, and to not get tired of eating the same things because it's kind of easy to plan some things if you're like, I'm just going to do protein shake and some string cheese or this or or that for every meal, um, but you get sick of eating it and then like you run out of protein bars or whatever and then it's like oh my gosh I have nothing to eat that I can eat how am I going to account for the carbs because it's important to still get the carbs um just not too many and so it's uh such a balancing act and it's hard so um on top of all of this I uh okay so I'm doing all of this meal planning trying to wrangle a toddler trying to keep a house clean because at the other thing that's hard is I'm kind of in a nesting mode and I think I've been in it for a while where I just need to clean and I just need everything to be clean and I don't know if it's nesting or if it's just common sense but I tell Ethan all the time my husband I feel like I don't say my husband you guys know who he is by now I tell him all the time we have to keep the house clean because I could go into labor at any time and when I come home from the hospital or when we come home, I'm going to want a clean house. And so it's also hard because honestly, before gestational or even like during like maybe even a couple weeks ago when I knew like, oh, I'm 33, 34 weeks, guys, I'm not, I'm like 37 weeks now. Um, I was like, um, I'll clean at the end of the day when I can, and we do, um, so I made, like, a chart, a list that has, like, every day what to clean, so that, like, something is clean every day, like, we're doing bathrooms on Tuesdays, you know, make sure all the trash is out on Monday, because trash day is Tuesday, so, like, uh, like, go through the fridge, and, uh, I do counters, like, every day, like, there's certain things that are every day, um, but, Mia's toy corner doesn't get organized all week. It gets organized like once a week because why even bother that with that? But now because a baby could come, I'm like every day we have to be clean. And who has time to go to a doctor's appointment, work, take care of a toddler, meal prep, cook meals for me and my family because they might not like what I'm eating. And like I'll let them try it. But then it's also like... I'm cooking two meals because I don't want to make so much of what I'm eating and then they not like it. And then I'm forced to eat like a ton of it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so it's just like so much. Do you guys feel like your life is so much? So anyway, we're trying to induce labor. (laughs) That's all of this to say that I am now officially... Uh, in trying to induce labor, he's 37 weeks, lungs are good, we see him breathing, and I also have decided to stop working now, because um, work is very stressful for me, my job, and it it isn't so bad when I can sit down and just do it, even though it is a little stressful, but because I don't usually have that opportunity with a toddler, it's extra stressful and it's hard to figure out my schedule and I want to just be able to freely go to my doctor's appointment without worrying about what I have to do when I get back from work. And because we're two weeks away from 
having a baby, meaning that in two weeks they're going to induce me. So he could come before then, and I'm working hard to make sure that happens. Or you know what to do my best. Let go, let God. Um, I, uh, um, gosh, pregnant brain. Oh, I've just decided that it's going to be easier for me to keep the house clean, to be on top of my gestational for the next however many days or weeks we have left, and to take care of Mia, and also like some one-on-one time if we even get it, um, if the baby doesn't come like tonight. It's just going to be nice to stop working. And I did stop at 38 weeks when I was pregnant with Mia, and I gave birth to her at 40 weeks. Um... So I'm really at the same place last time, and it's time to just let go of one thing. So if you're trying to juggle everything, if you can let go of something in your life, do it. And I talked to my husband about it. I was like, "How do you? what do you think about me stopping work now? Because originally I was just going to work until I either went into labor or we had it, my induction date scheduled, and I might like not work that week, maybe work, but... I'm just letting it go, guys, because it's hard. So I was talking about being negative before, and I found myself getting negative. Ow, this baby. (laughs) I found myself getting negative um, even yesterday, and I'll tell you, I just feel like there's so much in 2020 that it's hard to get my hopes up for anything and I realized I had the wrong attitude you know when like so much chaos is going on you're just like nothing good ever happens or you're just like this is life like every time something good happens you're like this won't last and I was feeling that way because I was like with this pregnancy honestly just the end has been hard so I'm blessed in the sense that I didn't have to deal with gestational my second trimester I didn't have to deal with any of that I was just living life and doing my thing but I was like you know I get diagnosed this thing and I'm mad because I do my best to be healthy and then now I have to prick my finger and then I'm stressed out because sometimes my numbers are high not so much anymore since I figured out what foods my body can and can't handle, like, or what my body handles well and what it doesn't. And then it's like, I work really hard and I make myself eat this snack at night. I don't like eating snacks at night. And when I wake up in the morning, my number is still too high. And now I have to go on insulin. And and then I'm going to have a baby. And they're talking about inducing me. And I want to go naturally. And I don't think it's fair because I spent all this money on a doula and I want to have a natural childbirth. I don't want to be in labor for 39 hours at the hospital. I want to be in labor for like six hours at the hospital max. Like, let me show up. And so I was getting really negative. Like, and I I just want to go into labor because then I won't have to deal with insulin anymore. I won't have to deal with any of this anymore. And then I just had to stop and say... I am blessed because I can afford insulin. Guys, it's expensive. Um, And I can't imagine people who have diabetes or really need this medicine. And I say really need because, like, 
I only need it for the next two weeks. You know, and if I work hard and maintain a healthy lifestyle, um, you know, I cannot have diabetes. Because they're saying, like, if you have gestational, you could have diabetes. So, like, eat better and lose weight. And that's so offensive to me because I'm not, like, a fat person. I'm not fat. Even if you are bigger, like, how rude is it to be, like, lose weight? I am 37 weeks pregnant, okay? I'm all belly. I've been walking my whole pregnancy. I've been exercising my whole pregnancy. I've been eating this low car. Anyway, someone told me that the other day and I was like, oh, you want to talk to me about losing weight? First of all, I am fine. And I was like so offended. But um, it's just uh, staying positive with through all of these things. And then it's like, I don't want to have a C-section and that's honestly my biggest fear and I was talking and I'm really positive that I won't you know I know um, some friends who have had inductions because of gestational and uh, they did not have C-sections and this baby's not measuring giant so we have a good some good things going for us I was talking to my doula last night, I love her, and, um, about, like, some ways to induce, so, like, crawling on the floor, like, on your hands and knees, um, intimacy, obviously, can really start things, kick it up a notch, I'm drinking red raspberry leaf tea, and I'm gonna eat, she didn't tell me to eat fresh pineapple, but I read it on the internet, and I did it last time with Mia, and I don't think it worked, but fresh pineapple is yummy, so I'm just gonna do that anyway, um, gonna go walk the curb and lots of squatting and lots of lunging and um lots of trying to get baby into position and anyway there are some things going for me I think that I'm probably a little bit dilated at least so um I forgot where I was going with this anyway but I've just been feeling like, she was like, oh, I told her about the induction. I told her, like, um, we haven't talked very much about it because it's still a couple weeks away if if necessary. Um, even the doctors are like, if it's necessary, you might have the baby before. And um, I asked the doctors, what is my labor going to look like? And if, how is it going to look differently? And he basically just told me, we're just going to check your sugar every two hours, and if it gets too high, we're going to um, basically give you, a, what is that thing called? Like a, like an IV with sugar water, because, you know, it is dangerous if your sugar is too high and your baby comes out, their sugar will probably be low. So, um, besides that, our labor looks normal. He told me, he was actually really reassuring and um, I had heard bad things about him. He's interesting, um, but he seemed to like click with me. Like we clicked and it was like, okay, cool. Um, he was, I told him like my first daughter, my only daughter was like six pounds, 14 ounces. Right now my son's measuring like five pounds, 11 ounces. So it's not like he's a huge baby right now. So he was like, well, if he was, you know, much bigger, um, you know, we would have some concerns because you're a little lady. Um, but 
you know, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to deliver vaginally. You did it last time. He's not a huge baby. Uh, the biggest thing is just making sure sugar is good. And so I felt reassured because, anyway, this episode's all about me, guys. I'm sorry, but I have to just tell to someone about this. So, um, it's comforting. Now, obviously, I want to go into labor naturally because it's just going to make things easier. When you go into the hospital, and this is why I hired a doula, and this is for anyone who doesn't know about anything like childbirth, but it's so much easier to have a baby naturally. And what I mean by easier, labor is hard, labor is long, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you need help, and that's okay. Sometimes, you know, the baby just won't fit, or that's okay. Like, in, 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 in circumstances like that, yeah, there's, there's situations where interventions are needed. But for the most part, interventions are not needed. Um, and so when you go into labor naturally, you have a lot more freedom than once you get into the hospital. Because there's so many things that contribute to progression during labor. Stress, like if you're comfortable, um, if you're moving around, like if you're stuck laying on your back with an epidural, not that I'm blaming any, I had an epidural with Mia, she still came out naturally, it's fine, you can do it. But it's just harder, especially if you have to make your body go into labor. It's different when your body is already in labor and you're progressing, right? And it's important for me because I really want to labor at home and show up to the hospital pretty dilated and so that there's not much room for them to try and do Pitocin or try to do other things because I'm going to walk in there, hopefully be six centimeters or something like five or six centimeters and they'll say, oh, okay, keep going (laughs) and I'll be able to keep going. Um, but anyway, I say all of this because it's like super frustrating to, um, deal with all of these things and to try and have a baby. And so I'm taking one thing off of my plate. So if you are struggling right now as a mama, which a lot of us are, especially virtual learning and working, Try to find something, some way to, to take something off of your plate. Um, I'm not sure how you can do that. Even if it means like once a month you hire a maid, if you can afford it or if it's something you can do. It's something I'm actually um, really, really thinking about because I realized, like I have time to clean and I clean every week, but it would be nice to have someone come in and deep clean once a month You not not person not be me. And also, um, I was at the salon earlier this week because, you know, about to have a baby. I want to be pretty. Uh, and she was telling me one of another client like popped their head in, like she only does one at a time, but someone just pop, was walking by and popped their head in and said, Hey, I'm going to make an appointment, but I just got laid off from my job. So I have to talk to my husband about finances and things. And what I was getting done to my hair is like a little bit expensive, but it, you know, generally it's not that expensive, like $80 maybe. Um, which maybe that sounds like, I don't know if that's expensive or not to you guys, but in black hair world, that's fine for me. Um, 
and um, I was talking to my hairstylist and she was like, a lot of people are having a hard time. A lot of people um, have lost jobs. A lot of people are financially struggling. And if that's you, I'm going to pray for you. And if you need anything, hit me up. Um, Now, don't hit me up and be mean. I mean, like, if you're really in need, because like, I'm not a billionaire. Like, I'm not like a wealthy individual. (laughs) I'm like a normal person. But I just realized, um, like how, like how I'm thankful that, like I pay my friend to once a week watch me. I'm thankful that I have the luxury and option to do that. I, um, could, we could afford to have a maid once a month. Now, maybe not like, we're not rich to have a maid come every day and clean our house, but like once a month. Yeah. And if you can help somebody out in, in services like that, even if it's like someone to cut your lawn, these are things that people are, um, you know, people are struggling still. And I, I just realized that this week because, you know, my struggle's kind of over. Ethan has his new job. He's doing fine. Like, hooray. But people are struggling. So if you can find a way to help, even just to like outsource some, something for, if you can, that's nice. Um, even like getting dinner at a local restaurant once a week, which sounds like not that great. And then leaving really good tips. I have found that I, um, we don't, I don't go grocery shopping. I actually don't even go to Target. I get everything delivered, including Target, or I'll do a Target drive up and just pick it up that way. Um, maybe go to Target once a month to see what I want to see in the stores. But I tip really high when I have a shopper because this is their livelihood. Um, I would not feel comfortable getting in like an Uber car or to go somewhere or something at this point. But if you can find ways to do that, like, oh, you know what? I don't, I'm going to have someone else do my grocery shopping. Let me tip them pretty high. Or I'm going to hire someone to clean my house once a week. Let me tip them really high. Things like that, because you don't know what people are walking through. You don't know where people have been. You don't know what's going on. Like people are laid off and now it's becoming a tangent. But I just wanted to, you know, if you're fortunate, and you have the extra room, even if it's like you hire, um, if you and your husband are working and you have young kids or school-aged kids and you hire someone once a week, twice a week to watch your kids in the afternoon for three hours or in the morning for three hours so you can do some work, um, that would be helpful. <laughs> anyway, because you just never know what people are, are walking through. And, um, I know that not all of us are in that position. A lot of us are at home struggling with our kids and we're not going to pay someone else to be there. And also you might not feel comfortable, but you, now you can go ahead and have them get a COVID test. And just like my best friend did for, for me and another family that she's working for Like she went ahead and got a COVID test. It came back negative. So like, if you wanted someone in your home to do something, you can always have them get a COVID test beforehand and they can come in wear a mask you could even like temperature screen them um and things like that now once the baby's born for me personally a lot of the things I'm trying to outsource are going to stop for a minute um just because then I'm not as comfortable with people coming into my house with a newborn and it's flu season and um 
you know, COVID's still very real. The president has it, right? So, uh, but anyway, just encouraging us all to do our part. Or if you, the other thing you could do, okay, two things. You could, if you're a stay-at-home mom and you're like, I could really supplement some income, people will pay for you to watch their kids while they virtual learn, while they're working. So that's a job option. But two, if you are a stay-at-home mom who, you know, whatever your financial circumstances, it's pretty well, it's nice of you to offer a neighbor, if you know, if you have a neighbor or like someone you know from church or something like, hey, I can watch your kids for, you know, a couple hours to help them out. Like this is a good time to be in the community, a part of the community and um, really kind of hold each other up because we're all struggling with something one way or another and anyway and if you are a mama and you're doing it all which you probably are try to find some way to get something off of your plate and get some self-care time even if you hired like a teenager to watch your kids for an hour so you could go for a walk or if you're comfortable get your nails done like whatever you're comfortable doing during this time um Self-care is so important, and I don't really have time in my schedule for it right now, but when I get a moment, usually the weekends, when I get a moment to take a bath, um, it's really important for me and for our son, because that's when we bond, and I, I can kind of just really focus on him and talk to him, and yeah, so that's pretty much what I wanted to say. But let's all woosaw. Let's all breathe. And also treat yourself sometimes. Um, Get that Starbucks pumpkin cold brew. I like the pumpkin cold brew so much. I don't like the pumpkin spice latte as much. BSLs, I like um, the cold brew a lot more. Um, Or just buy a cute lounge outfit. So like one day you can feel kind of cute at home. I actually... Did, bought a bunch of cute lounge outfits because I knew like it's about to be cold and chilly and I'm about to have a newborn I'll have to guys I'll have to show you guys my outfits if I don't feel completely disgusting after birth like and out of whack but I'm excited and I'm trying to go natural I'm trying to induce as you know so many points this year um back against the wall you know scared things like that going on in my life and um I got to a point and I'm admitting this where I was like and this was today where I'm crying this morning and I'm going hmm I'm not gonna go into labor and it felt like because I I tried to speak good things into existence and they didn't come true, that, you know, what good can happen? I worked really hard to not need insulin, but still need insulin at night. I've um, worked really hard last week not to actually go into labor, um, and I didn't, praise God, but now we're at a point where in order to have, like, an intervention-free birth, my my odds are better if I just go into labor all on my own and I can do it. Um, and I could labor at home by my, you know, 
I became passionate about moms and I wanted to be a doula myself. And it's something I might still pursue in the future. Um, after I gave birth to Mia, when I did have some interventions, like I had an epidural and, um, but my birth story was relatively positive and I met other moms who had negative birth stories where they had no control or they were forced into a C-section or they were forced to be induced in like different things where I will always say, you know, when it's down to the wire, um, am I in danger and um, is the baby in danger? And if we are, by all means, do whatever you have to do uh, to keep us both healthy. But um, childbirth isn't like an illness. <laughs> it's just a really uh, transformative, very painful um, beautiful experience. And, um, it, because I didn't have my dream birth with Mia and it's, it was a beautiful birth. Like my whole family was there. The only thing that really happened that I didn't want was getting an epidural and Pitocin, but she came out vaginally. She nursed right away. She was breastfed right away. Um, we did an hour of skin to skin. I think we did a little bit longer than an hour of skin to skin. Uh, she didn't get a bath for a really long time because you know, all that stuff that's on the baby when they come out, is good for their immune systems. So for the most part, my birth with Mia was actually like everything I wanted except for, you know, I wish I could have done it without an epidural. Um, but the circumstances were my water broke. And so with this baby and with this upcoming birth, um, I started from the very beginning of my pregnancy talking to my husband about what we wanted to do to ensure that his birth would be what I wanted to be. And, um, I, uh, went ahead and hired a doula and, you know, we paid good money for the doula and, um, I figured I was healthy last pregnancy. I'll be healthy this pregnancy and it'll just, the doula will make sure that we don't go to the hospital too early and that'll pretty much keep us intervention free. And obviously I'm speaking as someone who is not in labor, who has not given birth and hasn't experienced what this, you know, what this go around will be like, but it did become, or it has become like more challenging for me this time, um, to like let go and trust my body. And like with the first pregnancy, uh, I was like two days before my due date and I was crying. Um, I stopped working at 38 weeks and the first week I was home, I, um, like did house stuff. I was, I didn't have a toddler, so I was able to keep the house pretty straight. I just kept going through the hospital bags, watched birth videos, watched Grey's Anatomy, took naps. And it was like really nice. Like when you have your first, it's like really different than when you have any others. Um, but once I hit 39 weeks, I started to get a little antsy and, um, emotional and what I'm like ready to give birth. Well, come this time around, I'm 37 weeks and I'm antsy and I'm emotional and I want to get things started. 
And a lot of it has to do with having some control over this birth, this this process, this go around. Because because this time is 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 uh it's it's different. There's risks involved. There's um things that scare me. Where like with the first time you know, you have risks with every childbirth, but with the first time I was walking in doing my thing, it was fine. Like I wasn't worried about it. Um so this morning I had to stop and I had to talk to Elliot and I had to talk to God and I had to say, I'm sorry for not trusting you guys. And to myself, I'm sorry, body, for not trusting you. And it's because I feel like my body has failed me this pregnancy because I have gestational. I feel like my body has let me down and is putting me through the ringer. And I'm healthy. Like I went and I walked like a mile around the track, which wasn't, I mean, I only had my lunch like a half an hour at lunch to do it, but you know, and at the end, I wasn't like tired or dying or too winded. Like I could have kept going and like, I, I'm in shape. I'm well, I'm very pregnant, but I'm in pretty good shape, uh, because my whole pregnancy, I've been working out and exercising and walking, um, minus last week when I was trying to keep the baby in. And so I felt my, I find myself feeling frustrated and if you could know all the things I've tried to induce labor these past um, couple days, you would laugh at me. Um, but it's just been a moment where I realized that in the end, I have no control over this. And being mad at myself, being mad at my body isn't going to help. And I think we all go through situations like this in life. Not exactly like this, maybe. But when you're trying to control something and um, it's falling through, it's falling short and you get frustrated, but you know you've done all you can do. Um, And that's where I am. Like, I know that I have, well, not, I haven't done all I can do Uh, by the end of this week. Because, you know, there's a lot of things you can do to try to induce labor. Um, there's only so many hours in a day, so many waking hours, and I have a toddler, but, um, I do feel like I've been doing what I can do as I can do it, um, every day, and, um, yes, it's been annoying not to be in labor, and every night, I'm so itchy, guys. It's, like, the worst part. Every night, I, like, am up a million times. And I think that's what's getting to me more is because I'm so tired. I'm more emotional, which is a thing, as you all. So, anyway, I'm itchy and I'm tired and I have a million doctor's appointments and a very stressful job. And I keep thinking, um, I thank God for wisdom because last, last Friday, I had a pretty long day. Or maybe... I don't know if it was Friday. I think it was last Friday. Um, I had an appointment at the hospital. So I went over, uh, dropped Mia off with my mom. 
and went over to the hospital, was there for like three hours and was realizing that I really don't have time to work and to have three hour doctor's appointments and um, to keep doing this thing, you know, for the next couple weeks. And I just realized, um, cause I intended to work into my due date or to work up until, um, I went into labor or they, you know, induced me. But with all of these doctor's appointments, I can't actually do it. So I'm stopping work this week. Um, and in hopes that I'll have a baby, you know, sometime soon, uh, maybe this week, maybe next weekend. The weekend is like the best time I feel like to have a baby just because for like my parents, my mom's going to take me a probably most of some of the time my grandmother might take her during the day or something like that. Um, if it's like during the work week, but it's just like easier even for my husband. If I go into labor, like on a Thursday, a Wednesday or a Thursday, and then, you know, he's been able to clear some of the work he has to do, and then it's the weekend, something like that, but I don't know. Maybe God's looking out. Maybe I'll go into labor during the three-day weekend, and it would be really beneficial for everyone, Um, but if not, I'm just trying to let go, and you know, God knows exactly how this labor is going to happen. He knows where I'll be when it, you know, it starts. He knows, you know, how I'll handle everything. He knows how the hospital's going to handle everything. And I don't. I mean, the hospital that we're going to is pretty great. Um, but I've just had to tell Elliot, and honestly, I might write him a letter like, you can be born and um, you can come when you're ready because I want your first breath to be fine. I want your first moments to be okay. And if they won't be because it's too soon, then don't come yet. But if you're ready, please come. So that's been my journey is going through this letting go and letting God process. And I'm sure we all can relate. There's areas of life for everyone where you have to relinquish control, whether it's with like your kids and their schooling, whether it's with, um, I don't know, whatever else you were struggling with trying to control. Um, and I honestly, day in and day out, really do struggle with control because, um, you know, in the morning I'm like, whatever, I don't have to have a baby today. And then by 3 o'clock p.m., I'm crying and I'm going, this baby didn't come today. Because my days start early, guys. I'm up at 5.45. So, like, 3 p.m. to me is the end of the day where I have time to kind of, like, hang out with Mia, make dinner, um, do whatever I'm going to do. But it's definitely um, such a hard time at the end. And it's, it's kind of not fair because... You go from, you know, a really great trimester pregnancy to, especially as you get to the end of the third trimester, you know, like at 33 weeks, I wasn't trying to go into labor. Um, 
at 37, 38, 39. Yeah, let's get this thing going. And it is really, really um, emotionally kind of draining. So, and you can't sleep. And then you go right from that to actually going into labor at some point. And as soon as you have the baby, you're on baby duty now. It's not like the baby, I mean, your baby will probably sleep. Um, some, but you go right, if you're breastfeeding, you go right into feeding the baby every two hours and, um, you don't really get a break. I remember with Mia thinking, wow, this isn't fair. Like I haven't slept. We went through labor for 38 hours and now I have to stay awake and take care of this baby. Um, but anyway, it's been a long week and, Let's all woosah because it's the end of the week. And um, thank you guys for listening to this episode. I know it's kind of like not the norm, but I've been struggling and I wanted to be honest and raw. And yeah, so I'm going to say what I always say. Don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcast. Um, You can follow me on Instagram at Brittany Jane Stewart. Uh, send me your DMs message. Send me, send me like hope, pray for me and I'll pray for you as I like venture towards the end and live in this like limbo area. That's kind of terrible. And, um, I'm going to make some plans to distract myself for the next couple days and yeah, have a great week. I love you all. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.